the biggest challenge was um, the talent, but only because I just have to make this one statement. So we were putting all our bets on the talent, right? Like we, um, the talent wanting to do the video, do they even want to do it? Saying the right things, were they going to say something crazy or were they going to like mispronounce our name? Who knows? Um, and so it was all an unknown until we got it back. And once you get it back, then you have to, again, like resubmit or find a new celebrity to do it. So that was one of the things that you know, I told you earlier, we got rejected by one. We had a couple other mishaps with others. So it was definitely um, something that I hadn't dealt with like before in a launch where, you know, I feel like the other challenges we experienced were all things that are more typical um, or that, you know, we know how to work through as, as product marketers because we're used to them happening. <laughs>、hey, I'm Cody Bernard and you're listening to Getting to Market. A show that gives you an inside look into what it takes to successfully launch a new product. In each episode, we'll chat with go to market leaders about how they go to market, covering the tools, tactics, and tricks that they use so you can take your own product launches to the next level. My guest today is Lauren Baracco, Senior Director of Product Marketing at Sendoso. Today's episode is brought to you by the ProductLaunchMasterclass.com. This is the product launch course for product marketers that need help transforming their launches into their CEO's favorite marketing weapon. It was created by my former colleague, Dan Murphy. Dan ran product marketing at Drift and is now running brand and product marketing at Privy. Over 150 product marketers have taken the course and learned Dan's proven launch framework. You can check out their reviews of the course at theproductlaunchmasterclass.com. Now, the course normally costs $99, but because you're a listener of Getting to Market, you can get it today for only $59. All you have to do is use the promo code Getting to Market, all one word, all caps. Again, that code is Getting to Market. All one word, all caps. Visit the productlaunchmasterclass.com right now to get this course. So, with that, let's get into today's interview. I'm here with Lauren Baracco, Senior Director of Product Marketing at Sendoso. Lauren, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Excited to have you. So, can you tell us a little bit about what Sendoso does? Definitely. So,、um, Sendoso, what we like to say is that we're the most effective way for revenue driving teams to stand out with new ways to engage、um, at strategic points throughout the customer journey. Okay, that was a lot. What does that mean? We help you、um, send different items, whether they're physical things like a branded yoga mat or、um, e gifts to your customers throughout any stage of the sales cycle.、Um, and so that's how we say what we do. But I have to say that, like, What we've learned, especially in this time period with COVID and everything else, is that we really feel it's important to evolve our messaging on a quarterly basis. That's not necessarily changing what we do, but how we position it. And so, you know, right now we're really talking about how Sendoso is really the way that, that you make virtual more personal. So, yeah, I know that was a long spiel, but that's what, that's what Sendoso does. <laughs> Perfect. Funny way how this conversation kind of made its way to an episode. On the podcast, I saw a post from you on LinkedIn last week.、Um, and as we're recording this, it's only been about a week later, where you guys actually just launched a brand new partnership and integration with one of the most awesome like, products or pieces of, of new software out in the market, a company called Cameo. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's really funny that you say that too, because we,、um, as a product marketing org at Sedoso, are always watching what you guys are posting on LinkedIn. So we get a lot of inspiration from you guys. So just the fact that this whole conversation started over LinkedIn posts is amazing. Yeah. I know. That was really cool that you actually got back to me super quick, which I really appreciate because the second I saw it, I'm like, we need to talk about this. I think one of the coolest things that I, I noticed in the video was just 
how many people you got to do a cameo, specifically calling out the integration itself. So how did this come up? Where did the idea for this integration and partnership come from? And then how did the product marketing team get involved? Totally. So I would say right now, um, in this post-COVID world that we're in right now, our entire company is looking for how do we enhance the virtual experience in more ways. And so, as you know, we are sending platforms. So um, we also are watching the trends and data. And a lot of the data was showing that a lot more people are sending e-gifts rather than physical items. And so we've just been doing a ton of brainstorms across you know, the entire company on how do we you know, make this a little bit better. And um, our CEO, Chris, is awesome. He is like the idea man. And he came up with this great idea for Cameo. And um, we all got on board and um, thought it would be a really big game changer. I think there's a lot of video being used in general, but then kind of up level that with celebrity video uh, for outreach and for, you know, your go-to-market is just a really cool idea. Was this something that like a customer asked for or you saw customers doing, or was it just like, hey, this is just two companies that have a ton of synergy and like, it would just make it a lot of sense? It's totally the second. It was, um, I hadn't heard any customers that had asked for it. Definitely customers asking about, again, like video, just video of themselves or video that they want to to share from their company, but it, um, hadn't heard this. This really was like all from you know the mind of our CEO, um, along with the the partnership with Cameo and just finding a company that really worked well to bring this to market. I was going to say it was one of those things where I eventually saw Cameo come into the B two B world. I wasn't really sure what it was going to look like yet, but I mean, just based on what you guys put out last week, I mean, it makes a ton of sense. So when you guys said, "Hey, we're going to go do this." where did product marketing get involved? Like where did the launch process start for you? Um, it starts at the idea phase. So as soon as this is, was an idea, we came in and started thinking through, um, you know, what is our message? How, how do we bring this to market? How do we tell the market about this? Cause this was something that was so new. Um, you know, there of course is influencer marketing and stuff like that, that already exists, but this is just, it, it makes it so much more accessible to anyone. Um, and it, I guess you could call it influencer marketing, but it's really more of a one-to-one -one experience where, you know, it's a celebrity, it's Snoop Dogg saying, hey, Cody, like, you know, let's let's talk and schedule a meeting with Lauren, um, which is just totally a different experience than the general influencer marketing. So it was something that we had um, not really seen too much of in the B2B space. And so we came in at the idea phase, um, started working closely with the product team to figure out timelines and and yeah started building from there did you basically go out to the cameo team and say like hey we want to do this with you or was it something that you built on your end how involved was their team helping you guys bring this to market yeah so we went out to them and did it with them um and they were very very much involved so it was on both sides from the product building also to and and also so including the go-to-market piece too. So we had weekly calls with the Cameo team just to make sure we were checking in on status um, and, and status of the product and where we were at on the integration, but then also um, sharing our go-to-market launch plans, making sure that we were both understanding, you know, who's posting what on what day and um, who are the celebrities that we want to include for this huge announcement. So we were working hand in hand with them the entire way through. Yeah. Can you, all right, let's, let's click down on that one piece about picking the celebrities that were going to be in this launch video. How did that come into play? Like, did you guys have like a voting system? Did you like go through and say like, no, these are like our, our ideal people. How'd that work? 
Okay, it was not easy. I'll say that. Um, and honestly, the entire experience is really funny because we uh, we got de denied by one celebrity who said, no, I don't want to do it. Um, we also had to ask another celebrity to uh, redo a video because there was um, a lot of kind of crazy things. And then also one of our celebrities, we had to cut down the video because because he talks about smoking one down, um, like on cameo business. And we were like, yeah, probably don't want to put that out. So um, it was really interesting, but we worked with cameo to find out who are the celebrities that they like recommended that they thought would be most likely and willing and excited to do this. Um, we also wanted to make sure that, you know, we picked people who were very recognizable and we picked people from different different parts of like the celebrity world. So we have reality stars, we have athletes, we have um, you know, hip hop artists, all, all the above. So um, it really took a lot of time, but it started with Cameo kind of giving us uh, their recommendations first and then us making our wish list and then kind of working it down from there. Yeah, I think the people that you guys selected, you knocked it out of the park. I mean, I remember just watching that video and I was just dying laughing because I think the only time I ever saw it in B2B, now that I'm remembering, was I think Gong, Sarah Brazier at Gong. Uh, I remember that she put out a video and sent it to a ton of prospects and saw a ton of success with that. So I think like, I mean, you guys already are riding a trend and I think it's going to be super successful. Totally. And Gong is one of our customers too. And they were actually involved with our announcement because they were already doing this um, without Sendoso. And so we've been working really closely with them as we built this integration to kind of give them a little beta test um, and also make sure that like, you know, we we uh, understood how they were using it so that we could use some of those best practices since they, they were already testing in the market. That's awesome. That's such a good idea. So when you were bringing this to market, do you guys have any sort of like framework that you follow or any sort of process that you put in place at Sendoso? Totally. Yeah. So um, we, this was a tier one launch for us. So that's like, you know, the, the top, the major, major launches. Um, and, you know, it kind of starts with a market narrative. So we decide like, what is our theme that we can rally the entire company around? Um, and that's, you know, engineering, marketing, sales, everybody. So that comes like way before the launch. Um, and so this one was all about experiences. Um, and, you know, we started with that tier one framework and, you know, I, I'm just going to say too, our framework is always evolving. Um, this is, you know, never something that's set in stone. Um, the key though, is having a really tight relationship with the product team. Um, and it takes time to build that relationship. So after each launch, we're still doing retrospectives to understand like what we could do better, but um, you know, which we're doing later this week. Sorry, I, I digress there, but um, it was a tier, tier one launch and it all started with the narrative and then followed our framework that we already have in place. Got it. Yeah, I was going to say one thing I've picked up in all of these interviews that I've done so far is that uh, every product launch is an evolution and it's never going to be perfect. It never will ever go perfect. So as long as you guys are doing like a postmortem or anything like that to learn from it, I mean, that's I mean, those are the things that you can make sure that when you do your next launch that you just make sure that those things that went wrong won't happen again. 100%. And sometimes they still do. And you have to be okay with that. Like, no matter how hard you plan, how organized you are, all the tickets you have in place and, you know, calendar invites, there's still something that goes wrong every time. <laughs> so with the tier one launch, how does that work? Are there like different steps within the process? Do you guys basically uh, rally all of the different departments who will be involved and then kind of go from there? How does that work? Yeah, so we start six weeks out um, and we have a launch kickoff that is really presented um, as a partnership between product and product marketing, where we go through everything that is going to be in the launch and it's with our kind of launch tiger team. So that includes people from enablement, from um, CX, from all the different like stakeholders that we have, um, 
all of marketing, like pretty much all of marketing as a stakeholder. Um, and then we, we go from there with weekly check-ins where we do um, a stand-up and we make sure that all the tasks are in line and then also do any type of uh, brainstorming or anything else that we need, problem solving. Got it. So do you use any tools, like any sort of like project management software like Asana or like, do you basically toss everything into a Google sheet and go from there? Cause I know like personally, I have just so much love for the Google sheet because I know like how it works, how it functions, but I know that there are tools out there that do a really good job of managing the launch process. Totally. So we do use Asana, um, but we also use a lot of Google sheets too. So I, I think like Asana is the way to make sure people are keeping up with their tasks and giving them the ability to do that themselves. Like, you know, we don't have to necessarily chase them. Um, but then we also, I think the Google sheet just gives us peace of mind that we're like watching as all the steps progress. Yeah. I was going to say, I think the one thing that Google sheets could possibly do better. And if they already have this, please correct me if I'm wrong, but if you could schedule like things to happen in Google sheets, then, I mean, I would just use that over everything over Trello, over Asana. Yeah. There's just like, I don't know. There's, there's just, familiarity with it. And I know like me as a product marketer, that's all that I want and making sure that everything's going to run as smoothly as possible. And it gives you, for me too, it gives you the best view of like what the status is. And I haven't really found um, a good mechanism in like Asana or other ticketing tools that give me that view that I, that I want to see from Google Sheets. So with this tier one launch, how does the bill of materials look? Like, do you guys have like a set list of things that you're going to do for a tier one versus tier two? Does that change depending on the type of launch? How does that work? We do. Yeah. So um, we have a, a list of things that we do. Um, your question too, does it change? It does sometimes. I think integrations are the one thing that really kind of add a little twist to stuff, especially when it it's not just an integration, but a partnership too. So you're working with another go-to-market team on, on building this out. So we do have a set list that we always start with, but then um, we typically take that and review it as a team first and then add any other things that we're like, oh, you know what? I think we also need to do this and we need to update the pitch deck where maybe we wouldn't necessarily update the pitch deck for other things. So um, again, it's one of those things where you have a framework, but know that like your framework is constantly evolving and changing and it should never be set in stone. It can't be, especially if you're working in tech and in a startup, like things change rapidly. And if you're too rigid, you won't be able to keep up. Right. So what were some of those things that you guys did for this launch? I'm assuming like you put together some sort of like landing page or launch post. What else did that entail? Totally. So press release, um, we did a lot of PR outreach too. We, um, we did some embargoed, uh, you know, work with some of the, the larger companies too. Um, oh, sorry, larger media companies. Um, we did blogs, we did pitch deck updates, a ton of internal training. We actually started our internal training um, a month ahead of time, which normally we do it about two weeks ahead of time. So we started super early. We started at the end of Q3, just to make sure that everyone, you know, especially our go-to-market teams who are trying to close deals, that they knew what was coming and could speak to it um, before the end of the quarter. So that was a huge change from, that was one of the deviations we made where normally it's two weeks ahead of time. Um, and then uh, landing pages, uh, webinars, videos, all the, pretty much like anything, Thing I feel like you can think of, we pretty much did for this launch. <laughs> and I feel like something this big, you have to, you have to kind of pull out all the stops. I mean, like there's things where you might want to wait for like any sort of launch event and stuff like that. But obviously like given everything that's going on, it makes it a lot more difficult to do that. So I think like, as long as you have like the major things checked off, like the press release, the landing page, the launch posts, the communications, I mean, and especially social with this, like this took off like wildfire. Yep. I saw it all over Twitter, all over LinkedIn. So, I mean, you guys did a, a hell of a job at least promoting it on that end. 
I appreciate that. Yeah. Social was a definitely a big part of our strategy for this one where it is always a part of the strategy, but not as big of a deal as it was this time where we were really making sure that, um, we had like rolling launch posts throughout the, the, the day, first of all, and then throughout the rest of the week. So when it came to the internal training, what did that look like? Did you have, you said that you pushed it out a little bit to make sure that it, you took into account end of quarter. What did you guys put together for your go-to-market teams? So we, the way we do our internal training for launches like this is we start with an all hands training. So it's everybody in the company pretty much gets to find out. Um, and then we work closely with the enablement team to have drill down sessions for each of the teams. So, you know, support has a very different drill down session than our sales team would, um, where support's talking about, hey, you know, if we encounter this problem, what do we do? Um, where our, our sales drill down was more about like um, pitching the new features, how to demo them and, and all of that. And so um, we started with the all hands training four weeks ahead of time. We did, uh, or maybe it was five weeks actually, it was five weeks. And then we did the drill first drill down session four weeks. Um, and then we did another one uh, two weeks ahead. And by the way, we have weekly all hands where every week leading up to this, I was on the all hands being like, guys, the biggest launch is coming ever. So it, it was it was in all of our internal processes and everyone was completely aware. Um, and so we we do these, you know, the major training, the drill down, and then we uh, hold, uh, you know, uh, Q&A sessions with product and product marketing on it, too. How involved does the product team get there? Like I've seen where the drill down session, it's like incredibly important to bring somebody on the product side because like obviously as product marketer, we should be technical and be able to answer some of the questions, but it's good to have like a second line of defense. Totally. So I would say for uh, CX and for support, product was there for sure. Um, for the uh, the sales team, I think it was mostly handled by enablement and um, and and product marketing, but product is always there. Like they're, they're, we're in very close partnership with them. And so they are always involved. Um, but I, I think there was less questions on the, um, from the, the sales side of the house for sure. Do you measure training and the effectiveness of your training in any way? Like I've seen people put together like videos and track compliance and all of that. How does that work at Sendoza? So we, we have a really awesome enablement team. I have to say that like training in the time of COVID has totally changed. And so we're trying, I think we're all trying to figure out what is most effective, like Slack. Um, we actually, our enablement team started this new um, video that they do once a week called Wait, Wait, Five Minutes, um, which is after the you know NPR podcast. Mm -hmm. um, but it's a five minute video that just they uh, shoot out to all of the go-to-market teams to kind of give them the latest of what's happening because we felt like Slack messages were falling behind. And, you know, I, I think it's all an experiment right now is my point. Um, we're trying, everyone's remote, so we can't be in person. So we're trying to figure out what is the best way. Um, right now, our, our measurements are again in flux because of that. So we are mostly training on, um, you know, how many people have, have received this information and that you know how many people were in the training sessions themselves but i think going forward we're actually looking at some new tools where we can better measure that a little bit maybe even do some video have them like submit a video of themselves saying the pitch or the feature but again i it's an interesting problem to have right now because you can't be in person so we're trying to figure out the best way to make sure people have the information they need um, and feel successful with it yeah i've always struggled with that it was always like the metric that i used was we would send a video out and as long as 90% of people on the sales team or the customer success team or the support team watched it, we knew that we did our job to some degree, but then there's like 
okay, what about post-launch? And is the sales team positioning it properly? And like, yes, I've, I've leveraged Gong to do that. But at the same time, that's super tedious and it's really hard to do. That's why like having a good partner and enablement is, is incredibly helpful. Totally agree. Yeah. We, we're still kind of, we're checking in on Gong for sure. That's like a big thing. You want to make sure that they're doing the pitch right. Um, but again, an, having an enablement team that, that is there to help you with this is totally huge. Right. So how did you think about putting together KPIs for your launch outside of just training? Like what was kind of like your goal for this uh, integration with Cameo? I would say first thing is that um, we report into marketing. So a lot of our goals are your typical marketing metrics, right? Your, your MQLs, your brand awareness um, and all of that. But obviously we have product in our title. We are always thinking about product and product adoption. So um, we were also working closely with the product team to figure out um, some adoption metrics. The, the features that we released, so Cameo was one of them. There was a few others. Um, we're net new and they also aren't things that every single one of our users would use. So um, we really had to make some assumptions on product product adoption to, to say like, you know what, based on, we know that they're this percentage of our customer base's uh, SDRs and this is a feature that we believe most SDRs we will use. So we think that this is what we should see. So a lot of, a lot of assumptions for our baseline, um, which again, we're we're less than a week away uh, since this went out. And so we're still kind of seeing if we meet, meet those trends. Um, but so we did that for the product side, again, very, very much um, based on data, but still guesses. And then on the marketing side, I mean, this was hugely a brand awareness play. So um, a lot of that was around uh, social, which we saw some really great social stats, as you mentioned, um, it was coverage. So, um, it was like the Wall Street Journal is one of our top placements that we got for that story, which was huge for us. Um, but then we were also looking at the the things that you know you you look at for every email you send. What were what was your open rate? What was your uh, time on site? How much time were people spending on the blog that you wrote? So um, it really kind of ran the gamut between those two areas. Yeah, you guys definitely crushed in the awareness play, and the Wall Street Journal is it's absolutely huge. If you can get any sort of like placement in, in publications like that or Forbes, then you know that you did something right. Yeah, we we were stoked about that, I have to say. <laughs> so outside of just like the the post-launch tracking of metrics and things like that, what types of activities do you guys do after something goes out the door? Like, do you guys do any sort of like customer and prospect webinar? How does that work? Totally, yes. We actually just had our customer and prospect <laughs> webinar today. So um, that was this morning. Um, and then, you know, I think we're monitoring a lot. So we're monitoring the discussion internally, externally. Um, we're looking at data to help us kind of dictate what those post-launch activities will be. Um, one of the things I can say is like in the first day that we launched, we noticed that some of our customers' cameos were, were being rejected by some of the artists. So we had to look into like, okay, well, why were they being rejected? And it was because some people were putting in like, say that my company is the best company in the world. <laughs> and the artists were like, oh, I don't know about that. Um, so, you know, we decided to kind of shift gears and build some, some, uh, things in product. So we added an in-app message that kind of gave some helpful tips there, um, along with a KB article, knowledge base article that we published that was kind of had some best practices on how to interact with artists. So, you know, we are like watching what's coming in and then adding things post-launch as we see fit. Um, and then again, we're, we're going to be running a retrospective. It's actually happening later this week with all of the, the key stakeholders so that we can understand like, you know, what, what, what went well, what didn't go so well and how can we improve, improve for the next time? Yeah. Post-launch is always incredibly tricky because like you can have all these different programs set up. Like you can do the webinar, you can, you know, 
continue with your nurture campaign to your prospects and, and you know, how it's built into your integrated campaign and all of that. But it's incredibly hard to do because then you have like 30 days and you're on to like the next project or the next launch that you're doing. So it's like, oh, wait, well, who's going to take care of all these other things from this thing that we launched like 30 days ago? It's, it's a moving target. And I feel like there's no like silver bullet, but at the same time, it's something that is incredibly important to the launch process. Totally. It is the cyclical nature of being a product marketing person, right? Like this, you have your next launch coming, but you're still trying to wrap up the last launch, you know, changes and things that you learned. So it's, it's just part of the process. <laughs> so what would you say was your biggest challenge in all of this? Now, you can't give me the answer of working with the artists because- Oh, that was my answer. Was it? <laughs> yeah. But outside of that, like if it was like anything with like the Cameo team or like what was the actual, what was the biggest challenge you had in the launch process outside of the artists? Outside of the artists. Oh man, you tricked me on that one. I was totally going to answer the artists. Um, okay, so- Give me a second to think through this. One thing that's definitely hard is when you have a go-to-market strategy with a team that is out is external. So I would say working with Cameo overall was totally a breeze, but it's just the communication and making sure that as we make changes and if, as we have ideas on our end of like, actually, we want to say it this way, um, you still have to go remember to go back and check with Cameo and see if they're okay with that too. So I think it was um, the juggling of making sure that we were aligned and also just the the timing because this was a very fast launch. I think we did it, the Cameo piece was about four to five weeks. So Cameo came in a little bit later than some of the other features. Um, and so making sure that, you know, as we're making decisions super fast and working really fast, um, that we're also checking back in with them and telling them as things change. And we did find a couple things that, you know, as we kind of threw it over the fence and shared it with them, they were like, hey, I'm not sure about this. And so we had to go back and get on a call and make sure that we all got a back in alignment on it. Yeah, that's always the tough part with integrations is like making sure that, yes, you are aligned with the, with the, per, or I guess the company that you're actually doing business with, but uh, you have your own project plan. So you need to make sure that you're hitting your own milestones and people like in SLT at your own company are going to be asking you questions. And it's like, yes, you can't just always defer to say like, well, it's on the, it's on our integration partner. Like you need to be able to make sure that you have the independence to move forward on your own. Totally. Totally. But I also have to say again, the biggest challenge was um, the talent, but only because I just have to make this one statement. No, I was we going to ask you to do all... this. Yeah. So what, <laughs> what was, what was the challenge with the talent? So we were putting all our bets on the talent, right? Like we, um, the talent wanting to do the video, do they even want to do it? Saying the right things, were they going to say something crazy or were they going to like mispronounce our name? Who knows? Um, and so it was all an unknown until we got it back. And once you get it back, then you have to, again, like resubmit or find a new celebrity to do it. So that was one of the things that, you know, I told you earlier, we got rejected by one. We had a couple other mishaps with others. So it was definitely um, something that I hadn't dealt with like before in a launch where, you know, I feel like the other challenges we experienced were all things that are more typical um, or that, you know, we know how to work through as, as product marketers because they're, we're used to them happening. <laughs> right. So who would you say was your favorite artist in the video? Oh my gosh. Um, I have to say Snoop Dogg, of course. Like that was like a dream when, when Snoop Dogg said our company name, I was like, oh my God, it was the coolest thing. I think that was probably my favorite too, from what I'm yeah. remembering. Yeah, definitely, definitely Snoop Dogg. I think that was really cool. Lance Bass was pretty cool too, because, uh, you know, in sync, you got to give it up for them. Um, but yeah, there, there was uh, some cool ones for sure. That's awesome. So 
what would be one piece of advice that you would give to a product marketer going through their next launch, specifically working with uh, an integration partner or just a new partnership they have with another company? I would say making sure that you have really open communication channels with other companies. So we set up a weekly meeting um, and a, a Slack channel that had both of our companies combined so that we could talk more frequently and easily. Um, but that was something, the, the Slack channel we didn't put in place until a little bit later. And I would have done that earlier um, had we thought of it. <laughs> um, but that really did help keep things moving more quickly so that we could just share things as they were happening um, rather than kind of waiting for emails or for the next, you know, weekly meeting. Yeah, I think that that's perfect advice. We have a few Slack channels with people that we um, do integrations with as well. And they're just like lifesavers, especially like you just need an answer now. It's like, hey, did you do that? Or hey, like, what do you need from me? And just the ability to get a response like that versus just waiting and sitting in someone's inbox is absolutely huge. We love and we hate Slack, right? Like it's 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 awesome. It's amazing. It's fast. But, um, you know, Slack has its challenges too. For sure. Well, Lauren, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. I was really, really pumped just for that entire launch, seeing everything, how it played out. It looked amazing. Um, but thank you again. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. So fun to come on here. So I'm, I really appreciate you inviting me. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Getting to Market. If you like today's show, hit the subscribe button and tune in every Thursday to hear from more marketing pros on how they run their product launches. I'll see you on the next episode.